Greetings, my friends, my sweetie darlings. How are you? It's T. This is Burning Tarot, of course. And we are, surprise, surprise, shock, shock, taking a walk in the woods. Also surprising and shocking is the fact that this is Deschutes National Forest. So we are among the beautiful Ponderosa Pines. There is a strong wind, but we are using a little phone cover thing, microphone cover. Let me adjust it here. Hopefully you're hearing my voice and the wind in the background moving through the trees, but not hearing the horrible sound of AKA wind directly in the microphone. Yeah, so it's a beautiful day. We've got sunshine, we've got clouds, we've got blue sky. Got a lot of greenery out here because we've had a nice, wet, fairly cold, and very late spring. So that means lots of the little plants and flowers are happy to be growing. We've got the bitter brush coming in. Some of it's blooming yellow. We have the small wildflowers that we get out here. And um, yeah, basically I feel incredibly blessed. And all those other kind of, you know, new age, middle age, meme words. Bless, gratitude, thankful, appreciate. Wow. <laughs> all that kind of stuff is how I feel about this forest today. And if you're new to the podcast, um, hello, welcome. What we do here is mostly we take nature walks and pull a tarot card to guide us for the next week, week and a half, whatever. And uh, we get into some blither blather. Sometimes there's other posts, other podcasts as well. Today we are definitely pulling a card. In point of fact, I have already drawn said card and it's in my pocket it's just waiting for us. I took a picture of it in a flower that is really wonderful here that I guess is um, oh endangered or rare or something. And it's called Columbia Pacoon. Funny sounding word. P-U-C-C-O-O-N. Like raccoon. Um, you could make some kind of weird joke about some kind of genitalia or something in there, but I won't do that. That would be so crass, so uncouth. Um, but it's a beautiful little plant, beautiful little pale yellow flowers that are sometimes almost green, green like the leaves of the plant. And much of the greenery here is, um, it's not those like big, bright, deep ones that you're gonna see in the Willamette Valley, where some of you live, in Portland, where some of you live, in the Bay Area, Marin County, where some of you live. These are more, sagey and bluegrass looking colors different and also very beautiful so that's our context today a beautiful day the card i drew i thought was really funny so first of all what deck are we going to use this is always the question with the tarot or tarot you can use whatever pronunciation you like i do get asked about that all the time so um it, it originated as Tarocci, which is Italian. Then the French version is Tarot. And many people now pronounce it that way in the English-speaking world. But at the time that I was learning Tarot, approximately 400,000 years ago, 
but seriously, I probably started like 35, 36 years ago. It's a long time. I feel old. Hello. Anyway, the Americans and English, British would say tarot at that time. And now I hear uh, tarot and tarot both. So I use them both, or I try to use them both. And yeah, so there is a little something called the burning tarot. That's the name of this podcast. But before it was a podcast, it was an art project. And it involved photographing people at Burning Man, uh, the big ritual and festival and such out in the Nevada Black Rock Desert and making tarot decks out of these fine people. It's great fun. I started it in 2003. And then in uh, 2008, my collaborator and friend, RIP, wonderful photographer, Steve Fritz. Uh, We went out there with our friends, Aurora and Allison, and uh, we started a special new deck, which I think we premiered the following year at Burning Man. And that's the deck that we're drawing from today. It was never available commercially. It was available only free and via, via um, download and then complicated printing process. So I don't know how many people eventually printed this thing up. My copy probably cost like 80 bucks to print. So there you go. That's the history of the Burning Tarot. And uh, when I started this podcast, I was feeling that Burning Man energy, that Burning Tarot energy, and I wanted to bring that to people who were stuck in their apartments and stuff during the pandemic. So we started the Burning Tarot podcast, Come Take a Walk With Me, right? Um, But as that continued, which it now has for... I don't know how long it's been, you guys, two and something years. Um, We started using more of my kind of everyday normal tarot decks in these readings. So the Burning Tarot deck has... um, I basically save it for some special occasions, some special moments when a client seems to be approaching... Just one of the themes that makes sense within that deck. And I should add that that deck has on one side... Oh my God, I have to interrupt this podcast. Because (laughs) right here in the middle of this dirt road I'm walking down, there are four uh, beetles, big black beetles, probably some kind of stink bug. Four couples, very silently mating. They're just in the middle of the road, sort of near each other, doing this quiet humping thing. Wow. Okay. There they go. All right, I'm going to leave them to it. So it's a, it's a beetle humping kind of day, I guess. So what I was going to say is the reverse side of the Burning Tarot deck has a Burner's Oracle, which was uh, a an exploration and or fortune telling deck of my own creation and and inspiration made with a great deal of collaboration and help from various artists and of course the models out at Burning Man and Steve Fritz's photography. So when you're using this deck, 
you're like, typically creative process is involved. Creative process, self-expression, and possibly some kind of crazy ass, spiritual, psychedelic, woo-woo, trippy ass, hilarious journey within your life. These are all things that I associate with the fact of going to Burning Man, which is something I did many years. Um, I think I went maybe 15 times, which is a lot of times to do something that big. Um, so this deck comes out when it's time for us to riff on those themes and when we want to look at those kinds of issues. And, the, you know, this, the vibe has to be right. And today the vibe was right. It was a, you know, let's watch the Beatles hump while we pull a burning tarot card instead of a Smith Rider Waite card kind of a day. And what I pulled is the Knight of Swords. If you're familiar with the Knight of Swords from other decks, a lot of you are tarot readers yourself, um, you might be picturing a very young man, quite dashing on his horse, flinging himself into battle or into a long ride, sword thrust out in front and a little bit above himself, hollering. It's time to get some shit done. Time to chop off some heads and or make some big mistakes. <laughs> Knight of Swords is going to be pretty funny. It's, um, it's a card that with uh, some frequency and um, what's fun about the burning tarot version of the knight of swords is that there's this fellow who's facing the camera wearing his goggles his lower face is hidden um, we're used to that now because of covid and wearing masks and out at burning man people are used to that because there's um, a lot of playa dust that flaps through the air and can make these whiteout conditions where you can't see anything and you can't breathe that garbage. And so people um, will have a mask or a bandana around their face. So this guy's got a bandana on. He's got a sort of punk looking belt. He is shirtless. And um, his hair is partly graying and or just looks like that because it's full of playa dust. And he's got his hands up to fight. Like, we're going to box. Here we go. Defensive position with definitely a strong hint of offensive. You can tell that the punch is about to come. And, um, and what's kind of fun about this picture is that and, and I think why I chose it for, for the Knight of Swords is typically the Knight of Swords is really taking himself pretty seriously. And it's a younger, younger knight who, uh, in some interpretation or other, I can't remember who's now, um, it's said that the Knight of Swords has never lost a battle. He's just young and dashing and brave. You know, and maybe not all that experienced. Anybody who's never lost a battle, like, there's a whole lot that they don't know. But the guy I chose for this deck when we were putting it together with the photos, he's actually a bit older. 
Um, not super old, but just a little bit older. It doesn't look like a 20-something. He's a little bit sunburned. He's a little bit overweight. And it just adds this kind of humorous feeling to like, this guy's going to kick your butt. And the, um, the suit of swords is represented in this deck by this um, like sort of lightning-shaped blade. And in this card, we see it sort of superimposed on one of these arms that he's got up in a boxer pose. So there we are. This is the energy of the upcoming week. It's both defensive and offensive. We're working with swords. We're dealing with swords. So that means we're dealing with air. We're dealing with just our pugnacious sides of our own personalities, but also that of others. So I would be aware of that, that even if you're not feeling like, I'm on fire, I'm going to get this thing done over here. Uh, other people might be feeling that way. So, <laughs> so take note. Um, I have to pause this thing. Hold on. Okay, I am back and we are by the stream now, or by the creek. So glad that's still flowing. It's beautiful. Maybe you can hear that watery goodness behind me. Well, that's the watery goodness. And let's go back to the Knight of Swords, which is the airy goodness. Is it the goodness? Well, it can be good. Um, the swords bring us to mind, bring us to uh, language and uh, internet, writing, all those kinds of things. Ooh, we have some good caterpillars out, you guys. Hmm, that's for another day. Um, swords can bring conflict and there, you know, there's basically some negative associations with the sword, right? It's a double-edged thing. You can use it to obtain dinner for the evening. You can use it to keep someone from attacking your castle. And you can use it to go attack somebody else's castle. So, uh, when we're dealing with our swords, we're dealing with our state of power. So you may be feeling in the upcoming week uh, a rather pleasant sensation of your own power arising within you. You may feel it physically. And there's some astrological stuff around that too. That we, I'm not going to go super into it, but if you look at where um, Mercury is and what Uranus is doing, and the aspects to those. Um, I think that might inform how we do our sword stuff right now. So yeah, you might feel it rising within you. It might have a Kundalini rising type of feel. Some people get it that way, rising up the spine from the base of the spine. Yours might be all mind, right? This is the realm of air. So you might be feeling like you just want to argue a lot. <laughs> you might be ready to take somebody down for their political views or because they said something bad to a friend of yours. Um, you might be a little touchy. And you might need to be aware that other people are touchy as well. 
And those of you who know me outside of the context of Burning Tarot will be chuckling because, yes, I'm one of those people that pisses other people off with stuff that I say. Well, that's a thing. If that's what you need to do this week, that's what you need to do. But be aware of the context, which is, it's big. Pressure is mounting and uh, power may be rising. So what's a positive way that we can use our swords energies? That might be... um, a good way to look at it. So if you are a writer, and I know that a lot of you actually are, can you just write your way out of this? Write your way into this. And um, take, take the fighting with people in the same room with you or on Twitter or whatever. Kind of take that out of it and just use the real pointed end of the sword, you know, and really refine what you're saying. The problem with Knight of Swords, the traditional Knight of Swords is that he's so young, he kind of goes for the blade. He goes for grabbing the sword. You hear that water. Isn't that great? He goes for the sword during times when it might be best to look to diplomacy or walk away from a stupid situation. So when we pull the Knight of Swords, we have to be constantly reminding ourselves. We're just kind of stopping ourselves. Okay, three deep breaths. Is this a fight that I can win? Is this a fight that's really worth it? What is this fight going to do to my emotional wellness? Or my community, etc.? And sometimes with the Knight of Swords energy flowing, we we can't slow down enough to have those thoughts and question our actions. We're just like, boom, we are in action instantly. Uh, So one way to counterbalance that is to put yourself in situations where you're less likely to be uh, set off. Um, Take a couple days out of the week that'll be a media fast where you don't look at any of your news feeds or your social media. You don't watch TV, you don't listen to NPR, whatever. And um, just take yourself away from that context for, you know, two, three days a week. It's harder than it sounds, depending on your habits. Mine's going to go great because my internet's down and they can't send a technician out until Tuesday. So I won't have to worry about the news for a while. And I'll have to upload this reading when I go to town and go to the library. So that's one thing you can do is say, okay, you know, maybe that family gathering with that really difficult person that I was going to go to on Saturday, maybe I'll tell them I'm not feeling well. Tell a little fib and just not go. That's a way to get out of the situation without making anybody mad, without having to engage. Fine. Um, whatever, you know, it's, a, it's an opportunity to look at your triggers. Knight of Swords is very easily triggered. He's kind of, you know, he's spoiling for the fight. He kind of wants something to defend himself against. So that's another thing to look at. Are you, um, are you assuming the worst of people? Are you being super tetchy or touchy? at every word that everybody else says. And again, one of the best places to watch this is in action is online or like in a text thread because you can just see it. 
you can feel like, oh, I'm really upset by this one comment. This would be a good week to ask yourself, honestly, who gives a shit? (laughs) If you still give a shit in 48 hours after you've had a time, had time to go on a run and a bike ride and do some meditating uh, and uh, a shaking exercise, you know, whatever types of stuff it is that you do, something physical to balance this air, put it in the earth, put your feet in the earth. Ah, so, you know, 48 hours later after doing that and having some time with your thoughts, if you're still bothered by that comment and it still seems worth it to engage with whoever said it, well, okay, give it a shot. Or you could even say, I'm putting all that stuff on hold till this Knight of Swords energy is officially passed. Till we pull our next card with Burning Tarot. So that's whenever that is, right? Seven days, nine days, somewhere in there. And just give yourself the week off from your own reactivity. And just say, you know, I'm just not doing it this week. I'm not going to read the editorial about Roe v. Wade. I'm just going to skip it. Because even if I agree with it, I'm still going to be mad and upset. And I'm picking up my fists and I don't necessarily want to. Um, On the other hand, you might just go, okay, this is it. This is it. My fists are raised. My sword is out. And I'm just going to fling myself into this battle. Try not to fight every battle at once because you've got one sword. If you look at this card, I've never seen a version of this card that I can remember that involved like 50 swords. No, one guy, maybe a horse, one sword. So um, go ahead and point that sword at something, but do it with the deliberation that you can bring to it as somebody who, you know, is perhaps more mature than the actual Knight of Swords. The Burning Tarot podcast, incidentally, is one way in which I talk to myself because I cannot be relied on to do things like take three deep breaths before having some major response to somebody's online comment or news article that's driving me crazy (laughs) or whatever. So I just want you to know that I'm not not sitting here pretending like, well, I'm so great at this. I'm going to do my 90 minutes of yoga and then I'm going to carefully avoid all news and never talk to anybody about a controversial issue. Isn't that great? In reality, this will be a very big struggle for me. So when I'm speaking about the Knight of Swords energy for all of us, I'm thinking about ways that it messes me up or takes me down pathways that maybe I shouldn't have gone. You might be a bit less pugnacious, especially in the realm of mind and words and internet and all those fine swords, air things. So for you, it might not be an issue, but you might still feel this energy and you might feel other people pointing it at you. I guess I would say like, try not to take it too personally. Like, oh, that person's a terrible, horrible asshole. I'm never going to talk to them again because they said this one 
you know, barbed comment or overly passionate or even angry thing. I'd give people a bit of a pass this week. Just be like, eh, it's been a really freaking rough, like, two and two years and a half almost. And uh, two and a quarter years of this freaking pandemic. But people have been losing their minds. And we're in a Knight of Swords week. Insert astrological stuff here. I'm just not going to worry so much that that one person said that thing that bothered me. I'm not going to engage, but I'm not going to hold it against them forever. These energies affect people. And if we are being compassionate with ourselves and everybody else, it's really helpful to just kind of say, okay, maybe my obsession with my boundaries or whatever isn't really worth judging somebody forever for flying off the handle during a time when this sword's energy is just careening around loose. <laughs> I mean, you may decide the opposite. You may, you may say, well, uh, what I learned from that is that I'm never going to let anybody say anything negative about or around me again. Okay, good luck with that. But you, you may find that there's just a, a whole lot of stuff that gets said and flung about and, um, and we don't have to take it that personally. It's not necessarily about us, right? That's true in any kind of energetic time, right? A lot of times people trigger each other, set each other off about various issues, some of which are shadow work type stuff that, um, that we don't even know about, right? So shadow work means the deep stuff we have within us um, that we haven't dealt with and, and that, we, that we try to deal with, but sometimes we can't because it's in shadow. We can't see it. It's a hidden thing under a rock, you know? And sometimes the rock tips over and we're able to examine whatever's under there. But most of the time, there's, there's some mystery, darkness, weirdness, stuff that we don't know why we're reacting as we do. And if we kind of give ourselves a break about that now and then, we realize, oh, I kind of have to give other people a break about this too. Because that's, cause that's only fair. Um, I'm not saying, oh, well, drop all your boundaries and accept a bunch of, you know, hate-filled language from somebody. But maybe just give them a break, especially if it's somebody that you care about. You know. Um, just step back and just think, oh, right, Knight of Swords lunging about with his sword. He's kind of, he could be like the brave hero who saves the day in the battle. And or he could be an idiot. And he can do both. It's such a strong energy. So if, if you do some idiocy or somebody else does, just try to keep that in mind. We don't necessarily have full control over all these things. And I want to say as somebody who has a mental illness, I have a mood disorder, bipolar disorder, manic depressive illness. Uh, and I'm out of the closet about it. I have been since long before this was a popular subject. So raw, raw for me. No, it's tough. Bipolar disorder is really, really tough. I can laugh about it and say, ha ha, I'm crazy. But it's very hard. And 
what's interesting is that I go from kind of normal and then through these other mind states. And so it's a very um, elevated, heightened, extreme version of what most people feel, I think, and the levels of energy and competency and creativity they might have. And, you know, it's made me have that take a little uh, compassion or, you know, have some sympathy for people in various mental states who really can't control everything they say or do. So on one hand, we want to have good boundaries and be respectful, respectful to ourselves and to others as best we can. But on the other hand, if this kind of energy is flying around, you know, be prepared to let go of uh, blaming yourself or someone else for saying something they really probably should not have said and for being a fighter. Most people who are fighting love. We fight because we love. If I'm fighting an activism campaign, it's because I love this beautiful earth. And I don't want us to completely destroy it as a human habitation with beautiful trees, etc. If I take issue with um, how some leaders in a community that I'm deeply involved with seem to be um, running a, a big strategic process that's going to affect our community deeply, on a very personal level for all of us. And I, and I look at their process and I go, uh-oh, that doesn't look like such a good process. I've been through a bunch of these with other nonprofits. What are they doing? You know, I, I can draw my sword and go flinging into the battle. Many people do not appreciate my presence there. But sometimes one or two people listen and they go, oh, good point. If you save the planet, if you cause your community to pause and consider a process they're in the middle of that might be bad, some would say, yeah, it's worth it. It's worth risking making people angry with you. It's worth being a jerk. It's really hard to decide, like, what's jerk beingness and what's appropriate fighting? So the Knight of Swords doesn't really know the difference between those two. We don't, we don't get this energy as like a reward for doing all of the background work to prepare us for this moment. The energy just comes. But if we've done some of the background work to prepare us for moments like these, it can be great. Because then we go, oh, right. Yeah, I've trained with using a sword. I know what to do with this thing. Here's how we could use it in a positive way. Knight of Swords also has a tendency to go it alone. So, and again, you know, well, you can do that with this energy. Or you might say, huh, I'm not sure I really trust myself here. Maybe I should check in with a leader if I have one. Or a teacher. Or just a good friend who knows me. And I can say, you know, hey, I was about to jump into this battle over here. What do you think? Should I jump in? That's another way of kind of helping the knight um, focus that energy. So if you're going to do the battle, 
pick the battle well, make it one battle, not 50, and then maybe seek a little outside help. And if it's just like energy, 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 um, I want to read the other side of the card. This is going to be a long podcast. Oh, well, you can turn it off of your board. Here we go. So uh, with the Burning Tarot, you can read both sides of the card. The primary side that we drew was this Knight of Swords fella. But what we're going to find on the back of that card is a card from the Burner's Oracle. And it will give us some hint about how we could deal with the Knight of Swords this time. And it is the 57 of Explode. This card is mostly dark, and it's another Steve Fritz photograph. We vaguely see a person outlined. They are holding a staff, and the staff is flaming. They are taking it through the darkness of the desert. The suit of Explode in the Burner's Oracle kind of leads us up to a major explosion, a major fire. So this character has some fire burning already and just enough to illuminate the darkness and cause others to gather around. And eventually, as they go through the Burner's Oracle cycle, they will land at a place where they will make a giant fire. They will burn the man, they will burn a temple, they will light something on fire that goes boom. It'll be fun. So this actually contributes to a feeling of a buildup of energy. And our Knight of Swords has that defense, offense, defense, offense feeling. And I think that that plays in with the buildup idea. We're already seeing flames. We are being attracted to the place where the fire is, where the explosion is gonna be. We're like, hey, what's that over there? Let's go over there. Um, yeah, so build up. Expect some of that from yourself and others. So really kind of the fighting of the Knight of Swords right now is, might just be on the level of skirmishes what we're building up to is maybe a larger battle, a larger sense of fight. Um, I'm in America, as though you couldn't tell from my accent, I'm from the West Coast of the USA. You know, and the thing that pops to mind for me immediately is if we take this on a political level, it's like this week could be um, a skirmish as two candidates trade barbs on Twitter or wherever they're trading barbs this week. But the battle is November, the elections. So that there could be a timeline thing going on where we're having the small battles, we're feeling all this energy, but there's not actually a, a giant battle to join yet. The, the everybody swords out part of it isn't isn't here yet (laughs) and oh boy is that gonna be fun huh so I think that's what I have for y'all um I hope that the week goes well for you and that you do find good uses for this energy it can be quite creative and amusing it can help get us out of um just get out of a sludgy rut 
it can make us cut through some bullshit, even our own bullshit, which doesn't always feel good, but uh, is a necessary process, a kind of pruning process. Take out that sword and like, okay, we're lopping off the dead branches now before fire season. Hack, hack. So you can use it that way, and that could be um, very rewarding. Um, yeah, or you could just like go get in a bunch of fights. That's probably what I'll do because <laughs> I'm really enlightened that way. Oh, I'll let you know how that goes. I'm T. This is Burning Tarot. And uh, as always, I love to hear your comments about how the podcast is intersecting with your life. Please limit it to like two sentences, maybe three. Uh, do it via email, burningtarot at gmail.com. And uh, we're at a nice part of the creek. So after I say goodbye, I'm just going to let you listen to some water. And we'll use this water sound to breathe with and kind of get out of our night of sword self. And we'll just breathe. I'll be breathing too. Look at this beautiful forest. And how beautifully water, our emotions, our depth and ancestry can kind of take some of our crazy energy our fighter energy away. So enjoy this moment in the forest. Much love from tea.